Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and the Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined with Clyde Snodgrass, founder of Vino Novo. Clyde, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Roy. So I'm really excited about this innovation and obviously to talk to you about it. I've uh, become a whiner. I don't even know what they call wine snob, something like that. A person who enjoys wine these days and red wine is certainly my flavor uh, especially coming into the winter months. So I'm really excited about talking about this innovation that you've created. So give our audience a little bit of the background of where does this start, what's your background, and what inspired you to create Vino Novo? Sure. So um, the idea came from a physics journal that uh, I read back in 2008. Uh, I was kind of, well, I'm still a big nerd, but I mean, I was a really, really big nerd back in high school and college. And, you know, physics really fascinated me. And sometimes when I can't sleep, I'll just, you know, go down the rabbit hole on the internet. Um, I found an, a, a paper written by three physicists out in China, the University of Light Agriculture. Um, it talked about using AC electric fields for wine maturation. Um, years, you know, when I was younger, uh, I'm, yeah, I come from a pretty big Italian family, um, a lot of whom immigrated from uh, from Italy. Uh, my, my, my oldest uncle, my godfather, uh, actually used to make wine when we were kids and we used to watch him do it. And I mean, it was a very laborious process. Uh, so, you know, I kind of had this like light bulb went off in my head. My, my grandmother, unfortunately just passed away like a month ago. So it was kind of fresh with the last bottle of wine that, uh, he had, and we kind of drank it in her honor, you know, after, um, her, um, after her funeral. So, uh, you know, we, we started looking into how we could build a prototype out of this. And, um, the idea was to build a large scale commercial unit. When I say large scale, I mean, something about the size of a 200 gallon fish tank that just had a lot of coils in it, a pump that, you know, could pump uh, freshly fermented wine through it. You know, this was 2008, like the internet, how we know it now is not how it was in 2008. Um, it just, it's, there was, you know, barely any forums to go on to trying to find help. You know, there was no Reddit to go on and ask simple questions about, you know, electric fields. So I, I tried, I tried hard. I just kind of fell flat. Once a year I revisit it. You know, my wife would tell me, she's like, you know, why don't you see if you can do it? Why don't you see if you can do it? So finally, 2014, after we've, uh, walked away, well, sold, excuse me, sold our, our interest in our finance company. We had some money to play with. And she's just like, listen, she's like, you know, why don't you make this work? And she goes, but she doesn't say, she's like, why don't you build something small that people can use? So the credit goes to her for the, for the Vino Nova itself. She was the one that was pushing me to do that. Yeah, I started looking around. It was a lot easier at this point. Uh, I met a, an engineer that worked on the Hubble uh, for NASA, smart guy named Dan Selleck. Uh, he's down in Palmetto. Um, great guy. Uh, you know, I we met, had lunch. One day, told him what I wanted to do, and he said, no problem. So the original um, 
prototype that you know you'll be able to see on the Kickstarter uh, page itself. You'll see the genesis of where each one of these devices went from to what you you know you actually see now. The very sleek and sexy Vino Novo. The original device was a about an eight by eight by four 3D printed box with four transformers in it, and a bunch of uh, integrated circuits and uh, you know capacitors and step and step down. Um, transformers and uh, it looked like a science experiment uh you had to hook it up to a this little eight by eight inch by one inch thick uh looked like a little tiny fish tank for like a bigger fish that i made out of by hand and we coated it with uh aluminum foil on the outside and that was the electrodes that we used and um you know which was a mistake on my part because i kept grabbing it when the when it was on it you know it shot it was like put my finger in a, in a light socket so you know we got some we got some traction we got some feedback we had a lot of people come over and do a lot of wine tests you know, we, you know, the first step is market validation. You know, can you sell this? Are people interested? And they were. And so I applied to an accelerator here in Tampa. It's the Tampa Bay Waves, great group, one of our top 10 uh, nonprofit accelerators in the world. Uh, there's hundreds of companies that come through there, some really awesome tech. I suggest if you're listening, you really want to know more about, just check it out. You know, and I was their first product that they brought on board. And at the time, I didn't, I had a, you know, I had a basic prototype. I didn't have any design files. I had a CAD you know, basic outline cat of what it looked like. Uh, we 3D printed the original version called the Volt. Uh, it was just too many parts. Uh, it was too, more, way more expensive to make. Uh, but we probably tested it about five or 600 times. And, you know, there are a lot of people that loved, love, love to try to come up to me and be like, oh, this isn't going to work. And, you know, people's face give them away. You know, their eyes, the way they squint, the micro expressions in someone's face I like to pay attention to. And, uh, you know, they... People come up. I'm a physicist and, and a sommelier. I'm like, great. You know, let's let's get this let's get this thing trying. You know, and they try it, and you know, their face would betray them. And so I knew I had something. And so it took us about 18 months from the date we started at the wave to get to the point where one of the components on the on the inside of this that actually powers it. There's two little transformers that uh, power the electric field, and uh, we basically had to invent them. And I mean, they make transformers for what we're trying to do, but they're gigantic. I mean, they're the size of a you know computer. So we had to figure out how to do it. We had to find a company that made, you know, special custom insulated wire. And um, there's, you know, a couple that do it. And I mean, it, it was a very laborious process. It took about a month each time we had a new iteration of a transformer that we tried. And, um, you know, because we had to build a new printed circuit board, we have to make the blanks or have the blanks made and assemble it by hand. When I say by hand, I mean like with tweezers, but with a, you know, an SMT pick and place machine that we have access to. And um, again, you're going to see pictures of that in the Kickstarter campaign. And uh, so, you know, one day the engineers that are working on this, which is a Nightshade Electronics out in Melbourne, really good guys, Jordan and Aaron, they're like, we have a, an aha moment. He's like, we've been running this thing for hours and it works great. And so they sent it to me in December of last year. Uh, this was right after Hurricane Michael. I, I was actually in Panama City doing some uh, relief work. That's where I'm from. My family was there and I was up there five days after the hurricane hit. So I kind of take some time off to help friends and family. But, um, you know, the advice came to us in December. We did a soft launch at Synapse in Tampa in uh, the end of January. I think it was the 22nd. We set up a booth, uh, and then we probably did a thousand taste test, taste tests, uh, just random every Joe you know boys coming up and just trying it. And I mean, people would bring their friends back, you know. And this was we already knew it worked, but I mean, this was just like the final you know aha moment. You know, they got to see kind of what the finished product looked like. Still wasn't finished, finished like what you see on you know Kickstarter production ready. But at that point, we had just gotten our design files, just got our manufacturing files, just got our CAD. You know, all the manufacturing partners were lined up, and so that was when we made the decision to try to or, or, or to launch not try to launch to launch on kickstarter you know that kickstarter is a really good way to get market traction and market validation and prove to any detractors that you have that you know what you did you know you can do and you know we're a very small team 
you know, everybody else that works with us is all part-time, so to speak. They've all got their own gig. So it's just been me trying to figure this out on my own with the help of a lot of really smart people down the way. And finally, we're here. You know, we're at the point where we are ready to launch. You know, we wouldn't have launched if we weren't ready to go. We couldn't be any more ready. You know, I mean, we, which is why we put the, you know, the, the marketing and PR in the hands of somebody a lot smarter and better than we are. So I hope, hope that sums up not, not too long of a long-winded answer. Where, where, where it came from, where I'm at, where we're going. I can elaborate on anything else if you you need me to. No, that was great. And I know, uh, you know, the audience will be hearing this likely when the campaign goes live on October 13th, but really excited to hear more about, you know, when you guys were designing and developing the product and changing or including new features and designs, one of the features that I'm really excited about is, you know, voice control, basically, you know, being compatible with products like Alexa and, you know, potentially other ones. You know, how did that kind of evolve into the design and development process from initial prototypes to now? Oh, man. Uh, so the original prototype was um, just going to have a multi- one multifunction button on the front that uh, you have to, you know, hold for a certain number of seconds. You know, it was, it was a little tricky. And then, we were, you know, we were going to bring an app into play. And then, you know, my, my um, friend of mine says, you know, when I go to make toast, he goes, I don't want to pull out an app to do it. You know, and so we're, we, we started to incorporate excuse me, both, both sides of the coin, you know, can you use it without an app? Do you need the internet or do you need, you, you know, can you use it just on its own? So you, you can use it on its own. The, the hues, the Alexa, the Alexa integration, but you know, the, the color changing controllable LEDs on the base of it. I mean, there's what, 22 million colors in RGB LEDs. Uh, I mean, it looks great, you know, and part of it for me was, okay, well, I don't want to just, 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 you know, utility device sit in someone's, you know, um, cabinet that they take out when they're having a party. I want it to sit there and I want people to walk in and see it. And if you came into my, you know, my condo, I walked right in my kitchen, you'd see two of them, you know, the black one and the white one. And I mean, they look fantastic. And so Alexa and, and Hughes have really good, you know, SDKs that allow you to do almost anything, you know, and if you're really good at, you know, uh, when you get down to the gritty, I mean, you use the IFT, you know, IFTT. Um, there's so many things that you can do with it. And, um, you know, I'll give credit to a friend of mine, Tyler Kelly. He goes, uh, you know, you need to gamify the app. And I'm like, you know, what do you mean by that? He goes, well, give people incentives to want to use it. Uh, social interactions each week. We're actually doing a first, at least I think it's a first. I haven't seen anywhere else. We're going to do a wine buyback. Um, once we get this out to customers, we're going to set aside 10000 bucks. And we're going to do up to a, up to 1000 individual uh, buybacks of wine. So it encourages people to use the app, uh, go and purchase, you know, anything under 10 bucks, take a picture of your receipt, upload well, a really simple form in the app to do it, make it automated, and uh, then just give us a shout out somewhere on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you know, whatever your, your, your favorite social media is, uh, you know, to get us some exposure. And if you really think about the, the what, you know, cost per clicks on certain things, I mean, you five to 10 bucks. So it cost me $10 to have somebody sit there and watch prolific about a product that I put my heart and soul in with really, really, really cool features. You know, and, and, and Amazon's taking over the world. So it just seems, it seemed, you know, seemed like the right thing to do. You know, the Philips Hue integration, that's just simple. You know, if you have, if you have Hue light bulbs in your house, which I do, you know, the light bulbs will blink. Um, you know, you can't control the device through the Philips Hue app, but you can have it linked to, uh, to your, your home lighting system if you want to. So it seemed like a cool thing. The more we talk about it, the more people are like, all right, that's a cool feature. You know, sign me up. You know, what does this thing cost? And we tell them, they're like, they think it was, someone thought it was $400 yesterday. You know, I'm like, no, it's, you can get on Kickstarter for a little over 100 bucks. MSRP is, you know, one, what do we say, 179, 169. So I think with all the features, with all the things that we're adding to it, being that they're all software and cloud based, it's easy. 
if there's anything else that we can add to the stretch goals during the Kickstarter campaign, I'm all open for suggestions because those things are things that we don't that, that won't affect the production. You know, those are all firmware and cloud-based stuff that that are uh, you know uh, taken care of in, in the app itself. Absolutely, yeah, and obviously, once the campaign goes live in uh, on the 13th of October, you know, feedback hopefully should start pouring in, if you will. Um, or we're able to, you know, cultivate the community that's been built for the uh, the, the campaign launch and then get some feedback from them to uh, make this thing better, or, you know, add some additional features that we might not have thought of yet. Yeah, no, 100%. I mean, it's there's a, there's a lot of things, you know, we, I was lucky, the University of Tampa has a really big entrepreneurship program. I think it's one of the first in the nation we can actually get your MBA specifically in, you know, quote unquote startups. And they every year they do a showcase for their final thesis where the whole class gets to you know, talk about a company and they were looking at companies all over the world and someone suggested that they, you know, come to us and uh, they did. And I met with them, a bunch of great guys. And, uh, you know, they did a very solid 130 page market analysis of, you know, the things that people would like, what it would, what, what are the best colors, you know, the, the name, you know, this wasn't originally called the Vino Novo. And that was one of the suggestions that, that they came up with, um, you know, I mean, it's new wine in about 16 different languages. And so, you know, there, there's tons of things. I hate to use the word myopic that I'm myopic, but like when you're working on something for such a long time, you you know, you need to step outside of the box. I'm really good at doing, but when you've been working on something for this long, definitely get feedback from people. And I, you know, I can think of a thousand stretch goals that I would like, but I'm anxious to see what other people would say. And, and as long as it's not a, you know, hardware constraint that would require us to, you know, retool the mold, which would be the most difficult part. Um, the rest of it's pretty easy. And the, so- the software is the easiest part. So if there's, you know, if you guys are listening to this and there's some feature or some way or something that you want this to interact with, by all means, let us know. Absolutely. So we talk a lot about, you know, the, the upcoming crowdfunding campaign, and obviously you've been working on the product for years now. Let's talk about a little bit about the prep work that you've done, you know, outside of the, the tastings or, you know, focus groups, if you will, um, you know, in terms of leading up to this eventual launch here in a couple of weeks. Oh, man, where do I start? Um, I mean, you're asking about the, you know, the actual manufacturing and production, the now let's talk more about, you know, on the marketing side or the customer feedback side. What have you guys done there to make sure that, you know, again, this is the, the right product and it's a good fit that that's out there? Oh, uh, easy. Uh, I mean, we've done do- dozens of tastings. Uh, we've been to, you know, thanks to the way there's a bunch of uh, pitch competitions they do every, I'm going to say every six months when they bring a new cohort online. And I'm one of the original build cohorts from 2017. Um, you know, just, just for the record, I, I would like to clarify this, the, the, the delay in bringing this to market was, like I said earlier in the podcast was that, you know, there was just one component that we had to figure out and that, that's what took forever. You know, everything else was done long before that, but I mean, we went to Synapse, you can look them up, uh, Synapse and Tampa, they're, they're, they're Tampa's version of, uh, you know, South by Southwest, it's getting a lot bigger. There's a lot of really, really, you know, bleeding edge and disruptive text there. Um, you know, we presented there, we ran out of line the first day at like two o'clock, you know, people kept coming back, bringing their friends. Uh, I mean, hundreds of people in the first hour, you know, and part of what we're trying to do for Kickstarter is get a bunch of people to do some testimonials because there's thousands of them easy. We've done, we, you know, there's a lot of, uh, uh, I live downtown Tampa and there's a lot of uh, apartment complexes here that are, you know, run by, you know, friends of mine and they do a lot of uh, wine nights. And so I'll do impromptu uh, taste testings. Um, we'll actually be live on the 18th uh, from Synapse in Orlando. And so people will actually get to see, you know, unabated, unscripted, just random people walking up, listening to me talk, um, you know, and, and see for themselves. Uh, I can't say who it is, but there's a very, very, very big blind person 
in the Southeast United States that, um, you know, that we've been talking to. And he had one of his uh, sommeliers come into town and um, he brought in a, you know, I brought in a, the bottle of wine that I use, which is really cheap. And then he brought in like a hundred dollar bottle, $500 bottle. And then I want to say like a $1,500 bottle. And, um, you know, that's his sommelier who's been doing this, he flies with him everywhere he goes. You know, I mean, this is what he does for a living. Um, he, you know, looked at, looked at this person and was just like, I can tell the difference 10 times out of 10. And he's like, do you want to bet? And he's like, absolutely. You know? And so, I mean, I've had, I've had sommeliers try this. The only person that said he couldn't really taste the difference to in the beginning was my was my stepdad, but uh, I think he was just giving me you know, busting my chops. There hasn't been anybody else. Uh, I mean, the, the difference is is immediate. Uh, I could blindfold you and put 10, 10 cups in front of you, and you would know which one was different. You can taste it. The only thing it doesn't do is is change the way that it looks. It doesn't change the color. So, I mean, if if people if I'm talking about it in the elevator in my building, and someone wants to try it, I always have wine on hand. I always do a demo, and I mean, half the people in my building have tried it. You know, we had a, we're doing a, a wine thing on the ninth next week. So, I mean, we you know we we sent um, as far as the chemical side of this, you know, we sent uh, a before and after samples in uh, sealed wine bottles to a lab to have the amino acids tested, which is what where the change actually comes from. And I'm we, we you know we can get the technical side of that later, but I mean, as far as the you know the how, how did we do it? How did we t- test it? I mean, just the, the the most critical people that I could find were the ones that I asked to try it first. You know, I wanted people who, you know, really weren't into this tech or, you know, really weren't, you know, just acquaintances, not really friends. You know, pe- the kind of person that would you know, like to look you in the eye and say, I don't know if this works. None of them did. Not not a, not a single person. You know, and there's a lot of the, the testament goes to all the other people that have been supporting this. You know, there's a lot of people that are tied to this success that have helped along the way. And they've done it, you know, uh, you know, on spec or, you know, for, for whatever and they all know it works, and they wouldn't be doing what they were doing and waste, you know, actually wasting their time, spending hours and hours and hours of their day helping something that they knew wasn't going to launch for a year or two if it didn't work. Yeah. You know, and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be doing this if I thought this was, you know, snake oil. There's a lot of science behind it, you know, which I'd love to get into, uh, you know, with people that are, you know, understand the physics behind it because I mean, this isn't like a magnet that you put in your in your cup. This isn't an aerator. I mean, this is actual physics that's going on, you know, inside the device. So, so, you know, in talking about the physics and obviously the amount of product development that's gone into this, any tips for someone looking to develop a techie product like this? Yeah, don't do it. <laughs> Fair enough. I'm, 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 I'm totally, I'm totally kidding. I learned, I got my PhD in product development and, um, you know, there was another company that I was consulting with that they have a really cool, really, really cool product. And we got that to prototype in like 60 days. You know, this took a lot longer than that. You know, I didn't know where to go. You know, my background's finance. You know, I'm very heavy into finance, mortgage-backed securities, securitization, you know. And so, you know, while I'm a big tech tech guy, it's like building something from scratch is difficult, you know. And so you got to know where to start and you, you got to know the right questions to ask. And I didn't. And, you know, it's hard when you're trying to do something that involves electric fields to, you know, just find a random person that understands understands this, you know, luckily I I was after probably speaking to 30 different engineering companies to actually do the design work, you know, we settled with, uh, you know, the guys down at Nightshade and they've done an awesome job. Nice. So you've been working with our agency here in Ventus Partners for a while now. What were some of the considerations that led you to choosing our marketing agency to partner with? Um, I mean, you know, you, let's, 
you guys have there's there's not a lot of competition in this sector as far as you know people that are on your level. So it was a little easier for me knowing what you know I wanted to get out of this and how much we were you know trying to raise to find the bigger players. You know, part of it was Reed Phillips was very consistent, you know, very casual, wasn't pushy at all. He knew the situation that I was in, you know, with uh, having to, you know, cover the engineering costs and, you know, this is a patented product, you know, and that's not cheap, you know, and as much as I would have loved to launch previously, I mean, he he got that, you know, and you guys actually sent somebody uh, to Synapse, I forget her name, Uh, but I mean, she came and actually tried the device, you know, and then reported, yeah, yeah, reported back. And so, you can look and see, you know, what companies you guys have, uh, you know, uh, worked with. I mean, you can log on Kickstarter right now and, you know, just casually browse through and see your name listed at the bottom of some of them as a partner. So, you know, I, I paid attention to some of those, you know, and um, it was just, I don't know, I just felt comfortable. Right on. So with all the work that you're leading up to this Kickstarter launch, what are some of the biggest things that you've learned? Uh, that I wasn't as ready as I thought I was. You know, you guys do a pretty... Well, not pretty, pretty, a very solid, you know, pre-market ad campaign. Every, I mean, every day I get an email saying, you know, you have 65 ads approved today. And I was just, at first I'm like, what? It's a lot, you know, but I realized that there's a, there's a science behind it, you know, and there's a way to, to tailor those ads to make sure that, uh, you know, that you're getting the right results. I think, I think we're down to two now that are performing extremely, extremely, extremely well. I think our, I don't know if I, I want to talk about cost per clicks, but it's, it's way under, you know, what we're getting for, you know, contact signups. I think I looked this morning and there was like 1700. We've only been doing this for what, 16 days, 18 days, which is pretty solid. Yes. Me. And so, um, you know, I didn't have a lot of the media elements that you guys needed and, uh, you know, which we're, we're finishing the rest of the videos this afternoon while we have some awesome, awesome footage. It still has to be edited. And so that's, that's my only concern. I wish I would have waited maybe another week. You know, have the video done, have the shots done, because it's the only thing that I'm scrambling for right now. And I mean, you guys are on the ball. I mean, I've got a folder specifically for you, and every day there's an email from someone about something. You know, and I, I haven't had to worry about anything. It's set it and forget it. And I guess the only the only caveat to that is is that I don't like not having anything to do, and so uh, you guys are doing everything, and I get kind of bored. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, you've got a launch that's coming up very quickly, so you won't be bored anymore. Uh, I hope not. I, I know, I know, I know we won't. I know we're going we're gonna to crush it. Absolutely. Well, Clyde, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. You good to go? Yep. What inspired you to be an entrepreneur? Money. Fair enough. If you could have a glass of wine with any entrepreneur throughout history, who would it be? Nikola Tesla. All right. What would have been your first question for Sir Tesla? God, oh man. I don't know. He's my favorite person on the planet. That's a... One question I can't answer quick. Uh, I'd want to know about the wireless electricity and how it worked since we, we lost all of those, most of those records and we only kind of know. We have an idea, yeah. but yeah. Who did you look up to growing up? My mom. Any book you would recommend to our audience? Dark Matter. It's a book about uh, quantum entanglement and time travel. It's, it's super based in science. And it's the first book I read from start to finish. That's a deep one. Uh, where do you see yourself in five years? Uh, hopefully we've exited from uh, this particular uh, product. You know, hopefully the, the goal is to license our IP to a larger company like Keurig or KitchenAid, you know, or even a larger winery. And then, um, you know, parlay that, those games into, you know, the rest of the other things that we've got lined up. Uh, and then hopefully, you know, again, another exit. And hopefully when I'm 45, 46, I'm sitting on a boat and I don't have to, I don't have to do this anymore.
There you go. Just enjoy the fruits of your labor. Last question, Clyde. And I know we haven't launched the campaign yet, but I'm uh, excited to hear your insights in terms of what do you think the future of crowdfunding looks like? Uh, man, it depends on the types of com- uh, types of things that are are, are you know being brought to market and whether or not they they actually get brought to market. I think in the beginning, a lot of people took the, it at face value and were less skeptical. And I think a lot of the people that just you know the hate to throw them under the bus, but the cool is cooler. You know, they raised 15 million bucks and, um, you know, then they needed another 22 to put things out. I mean, it, it made a lot of people salty. And so I, I hope that, you know, that the Kickstarter, you know, and the Indiegogos of the world continue to make it easier for guys like me to raise money because this is, you know, without going to Silicon Valley, this is the one way we can do it. And we can't do it unless people believe in, you know, believe in us personally and believe in what it is that we're doing. Absolutely. Clyde, this has been awesome. This is your chance to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check you out. Uh, if you don't know, that is the only device of its kind that can change the way that a bottle of wine tastes. You know, our original slogan was, you know, making cheap wine better, but it doesn't do that. It makes any wine taste better. You know, in under 10 minutes, you can change the overall flavor profile of a bottle of wine in silence. You can leave the bottle in there with the cork on. It's a great conversational piece. It works. There's science behind it. Uh, it looks good. Um, it's solid. It's a solid piece of equipment. You know, we've I've invested in and I've bet the farm, so to speak. And I wouldn't have done that if I didn't know for sure that we could bring this to market in the appropriate amount of time accurately. Uh, it's being manufactured in the United States. Everything's QC tested here in Florida with one of our engineering firms. So there's not, uh, we're, we're taking a loss to make sure that we, we get this to you and it works and we get it to you in time. Um, you know, Amazon distribution services is handling all the shipping and all the distribution. So it all goes seamlessly. And the partners that we're working with right now, all of which you'll be able to see on the Kickstarter campaign, feel free to call them, vet them, and, you know, look, look and see what their portfolios look like. We've got a solid, solid team behind us. And now we just got to pull the trigger on the 12th and, uh, you know, got 40 days of, uh, hopefully getting a lot of support from the from the rest of the wine community. And I want to change the way the world drinks wine, wine, Roy. Absolutely. Well, this has been great, Clyde. Audience, thanks again for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaign once it goes live, and everything else that we talked about today. And, of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and Backer Kit. Clyde Snodgrass, founder of Vino Novo, thank you so much for being on the show today. Roy, thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.